0: Welcome to this very special live episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. You are listening to this uh just the day before we are doing our charity live stream, Duckstream 2015 all proceeds go to the Transactive Gender Center, a cause very near and dear to my heart. Um, you can find more information at duckfeed.tv forward slash duckstream. Um, we'd love it if you tuned in. Uh, we'd love it if you're able to give. We made t-shirts as well um, in case you want a, uh, a souvenir. Um, but please, uh, if you're able to, help out. Um, it is such a good cause, and they are such an awesome organization. Um, also, as mentioned before, this is a live episode, so it'll be a little bit different than our regular episodes, but hopefully you like it. And a special thanks to Hans from the uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo for providing us with the audio for this episode. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My
1: name is Cole Ross.
0: And you are watching Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast.
1: Yes. And this week we are talking about Castlevania, which is a platformer developed and published by Konami for the NES in 1987.
0: Yeah. Is, is there anybody here? Uh, so this is a live episode for people listening later. Is there anybody here who doesn't know who, who hasn't listened to the podcast at all? or are just checking it out. Awesome. Oh, thanks. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thank out. you very much for for taking a chance on us. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, so essentially, if you don't know the premise of the show, it's a retro games book club. Um, We pick a game every two weeks, and we play it to completion before we talk about it, and then kind of go stage by stage, level by level, in exhausting detail. (laughs) It's like, you know, you want nine hours on Final Fantasy VII. Like, the the speed run for Final Fantasy VII is faster than our (laughs) podcast coverage of Final (laughs) Fantasy
1: VII. So.
0: It's exhausting. Think of it Um,
1: like a like like a let's play, except not on YouTube, with a much more flawed premise. Yeah, because you can't see anything. Yeah, it is painting word pictures. It's like a real
0: slow speed run. (laughs) Oh yeah, Um, yeah. So so watch out for fireballs.
1: It's exhausting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, an ordeal.
0: Yeah, but uh, that's that's what we do. And uh, for the live episodes, we try to pick something that will uh, either like very well known. Um, We can talk about it in a shorter amount of time. You know, and then uh, we do something at the booth. So, if those of you who are just here for today, uh, we have a booth set up. Um, so, we have a little contest running. And the furthest you can get in Castlevania on one life, uh, whoever can do that at the end of the weekend gets a bowl whip. Um, it is the actual <laughs> bull whip used in the game.
1: Yep. <laughs> And we ventured to Transylvania.
0: Yes. And and we've also hidden meat in three locations throughout the convention. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you can whip it out and eat it, you'll get sick. Hopefully. so. I was starting a new subject. It's not about the <laughs> thing. It's
1: just new premise. So. Yeah, yeah. We had to go kill a Belmont to get that whip. <laughs> yeah. Strangely enough, it doesn't to get that work meat. that great on humans.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, Castlevania. Um, This is a huge Konami series. It's sad that Konami doesn't want to make video games anymore. Um, But uh, yeah, this is like the first one, uh, kind of. We're going to get into the weird alternate stuff. But you're playing as Simon Belmont, who's the heir to this vampire-killing clan. And you're wielding the aforementioned whip you can win at our booth, uh, the vampire killer. And you're going and uh, just trying to defeat Dracula because he spells ruin. And that is the simplest that a Castlevania plot ever was and will be.
0: Yeah, li- li- <laughs> even even as soon as the second one, they get, it gets really complicated. Uh, The name Vampire Killer is a very funny name for a whip. (laughs) Um, Like, I want to start naming other things that are just like, noun doer, you know? (laughs) It's the thing that you can tell what it does by the name on the thing.
1: Isn't that how you, like, make up names for something in German? Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um, So, you know, again, it's super convoluted. There's a timeline that kind of comes after this, and it's somewhere in complexity. You know, it's not quite Hyrule Historia complex, but it's a little bit more complex than Metroid when you get into the portable entries and things like that and how they fit in. Um, but it starts in 1691 with Lament of Innocence um, and ended in 2036, The Dawn of Sorrow. Um, so far, the story yeah. so
1: far. So just 21 more years. Until, yeah, until we get that. to
0: the future castle in Japan <laughs> yep. and we're all beautiful anime waifs. <laughs> yes. uh, so thank goodness. My body only has to hold out that long. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Castlevania uh, three is kind of the immediate predecessor to this. Aside from the Game Boy uh, games, which star Chris Belmont, which is hello, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Super Castlevania four is kind of a retelling of the events of this game uh, in kind of a uh, Super Nintendo tech demo form with mm. uh, all of the scaling and rotation and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's and it's also much. Easier Um, (laughs) this is one of the biggest series in games so when you think of those big NES series you know like Zelda and Mega Man and Mario and Castlevania is up there you have this immortal enemy that you cannot uh, defeat. He can continuously be revived. Um, you have this really chaotic setting that's really kind of adult and horror-oriented in, in ambience, which is unusual uh, for the system. And uh, it doesn't have to adhere to continuity because of this immortal enemy that can always respawn. So you can just kind of come up with a new premise for any Castlevania game. And it's like, oh, Dracula's back in this time, in this place he's brought skeletons on motorcycles, what do we do? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that, that ship it, like, the, you know, there's a game. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: so, like you said, this is kind of a loving homage to these classic horror films um, and monsters. Um, you know, you even see that in the credits where they have kind of takeoff versions of these uh, black-and-white movie uh, uh, actor names and uh, monster names and stuff like that. So it's very much um, kind of meant to be lighthearted and really grim at the same time. It's the
0: height of humor, too. If you've never <laughs> seen the credits for Castlevania, it's, they're real knee-slappers. <laughs> um, the, uh, so this, the NES version that we played and talking about for the show is harder than the Famicom disc version because the Famicom disc version had uh, saving, and this does not have saving, which is a creature comfort that uh, we're all used to and miss. Yeah when playing Castlevania 1 because this game's super hard. We're going to talk about more things other than it being hard because that's not <laughs> the most important thing about Castlevania. No. Um, despite what you know people tend to think. But it is exceedingly difficult.
1: Yeah. So the release of Castlevania is actually a little bit convoluted. There's not just the Famicom version um, as compared to the NES version, but there was also um, an MSX2 game called Vampire Killer. I almost said Hunter. Uh, that uh, was only released in Europe uh, and in Japan. Um, and that actually kind of sow the seeds for some of the non-linearity that the the series would ultimately kind of land on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, One of the things, too, and this is just an evolutionary denim that doesn't have to do with anything, but there's an arcade game called Vampire Killer that you can play that has one of the strangest walk cycles I've ever seen. This is a visual medium because we're talking to you, so I can't (laughs) actually show you. If we had a slide, it would have been more prepared. But as a man of carriage, sometimes I'll sweat in this area really bad. (laughs) And when I'm walking and trying to cover that up, that's Simon Belmont's walk cycle (laughs) in the arcade version, like hunched over with his elbow literally right here where the sweat
1: collects. What you don't know is he's carrying a football. Yeah,
0: yeah, it looks like that. I'm just like, yo, guys, going off to the field. And and it's really, I'm just going to go to the uh, washroom and then use one of those hand dryers to try to hand dry out my shirt, which doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Uh, So...
0: (laughs) <laughs> so it's hot talking. air. It just makes you sweat more. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> life hacks. <laughs> yeah, life hacks.
1: <laughs> um, just before we go get off of the history of this, like 1987 was a huge year um, in games. Like this was kind of the beginning of the second wave of nes games here in the states almost i'm fudging some of the numbers but like think about these series that kind of made their debut uh, at least here in america in that in that time street fighter at the arcades legend of zelda uh came out here uh zelda 2 came out in japan metal gear punch out maniac mansion final fantasy fantasy star leisure suit larry land of the lounge lizards all of our favorite series yes <laughs> <laughs> like
0: everyone is as Better than the last. And
1: also, I was born in 1987. Oh, hey, my favorite series. Hey, (laughs) Yeah,
0: the, um, um, the, um, (laughs) so uh, so, so it's kind of generalities. This is a a platformer that feels really different than most platformers at the time. Um, It's way deliberate and way slower, uh, kind of clearing the way for pacing that would come into vogue with later games. You know, everything has a lot more gravity and a lot more commitment and planning to your motions and and movements and attacks.
1: Yeah, and this is especially notable in the jumps in the NES games. Like, this is not Mario. You are not uh, magically hovering and altering your trajectory in midair. You are committing and planning this jump um, as it goes along.
0: And then, uh, kind of, so you're planning your jumps. You're also planning your attacks because there's this delay when you fire your whip. Well, I was trying to figure out uh, why Simon Belmont has a whip. Um, cause I never thought of that as a cool weapon before. Um, and, uh, there may be, you know, actual reasons for it that I missed in, in, everything. But one of the things I was thinking about was to accommodate that delay, because if you, if you, uh, swing a whip, like you pull it back, you're getting that momentum. So like that weapon is perfectly matched to this kind of slow attack, attack, you know, or yep. button, attack, button, attack, kind of rhythm that comes up. And it just means that everything you do, you have to think about it more. Like there's less instinct in Castlevania, I feel like. Um, which is cool. Like I, it's it's different.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And kind of alongside that, the jump's dark mirror is uh, the knockback that you get from uh, most of these enemies that are going to hit you. Um, And this becomes much more uh, of a problem later on once the platforming starts getting, uh, you know, really high up there. Once they start throwing, like, just there's a whole class of enemies, you know, between bats and Medusa heads that are just sine waves that are meant to knock you off of platforms. But Mm. you have to be able to manage that as well, because that is a very common way to die, as we've seen in our booth.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, so the, uh, uh, you, you have this whip. Um, you, can only, you can't move all attacking. That's another reason why it's so intentional, unless you're jumping, which, again, there are problems with that because you can get knocked back. Um, and it does have upgrades, even though it's really minor. So it has an upgrade to make it more powerful and then an upgrade to give it more length um, that you can get. So there's a little bit of uh, character progression and, and kind of power-up system in the game.
1: Yeah. Um, the pickups are pretty weird, actually. Dollars are your score. Hearts are your currency. Um, and delicious, delicious wall meat is your, uh, is your health.
0: It's, it's somebody like, somebody took like a a semiotics wheel and just turned it one,
1: (laughs) one degree. (laughs) Like, um... Yeah. So, so the wall meat is the, uh, the, the linchpin of our marketing for this whole thing. Yeah. We've got these stickers uh, that we're, we're going to be handing out at the booth then after this. My theory, because the castle in Castlevania is this chaotic, ever-evolving, rotating thing, there's probably some kind of organic aspect to it, right? Of the castle? Yeah. Uh, and so, sure. you know, you walk into a house and you say, hey, this has good bones, Right. The house has good bones. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. It's real. That's a thing yeah. people say on television. Like the house from house? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that house that is yeah. Sherlock Holmes. I don't yeah. know. It. No, I guess what I'm saying is we're actually eating the vital bits. I was thinking that just so many people have
0: been like cask of amontilladoed into the walls. <laughs> like, because they're like, if you build, if you're going to build a castle, you're going to lose a couple eggs. <laughs> That's eggs. a great Wall of China. You know, like, like there's going to be some <laughs> oh, people ex- buried in that yeah. castle. So <laughs> yeah. that's what I was thinking. But it, regardless, it was just super weird and became this really iconic thing. And, and games have paid kind of homage to it. One of my favorite things is Shovel Knight, which is uh, where there's wall meat, but it's served in a little serving tray. <laughs> so it's like this, like, more sophisticated version of this very crude thing you're doing, um, which I really like.
1: Yeah. Um, So you have these side weapons, too. And what these do is is give you the ability to do something besides attack right in front of you. So they're kind of doling them out in different ways to help you match these uh, different enemies that have different patterns.
0: Yeah. So um, we'll kind of go through those. Uh, The knife, which is, uh, in my mind, the least useful of them, uh, just clears the screen. Which is cool, and they—they, they, I feel like in later Castlevanias, they're always trying to make this good, like, um, you know, they—they they either you can fire really fast, or it has a charge version that shoots a thousand knives, and, um, but it's never my favorite. Like, it never seems that useful, and partly because I can attack things in front of me, um, I can't attack things that are above or below me. Uh, which is what the other weapons kind of do.
1: Yeah, and then the uh, the Holy Water, which on my own I'd never really use, but watching people who are really good at this play the game, Holy Water is this kind of uh, way to just stun lock enemies because it attacks things that are below you and kind of lights the ground on fire for a little bit as they're walking toward you. So it's a great way to deny an area to an enemy.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's deny an area, but then also, and this won't be the first time we bring up Dark Souls in this, but um, <laughs> like enemies have poise, in this game, like, it's very similar to how it is in Dark Souls. If you attack, get the first attack, you can stun them and stop them from being able to do something, and that makes a lot of difference. We just recorded an episode of another one of our podcasts about Monster Party, which I think is, like, almost a great game, in addition <laughs> to being really weird, but almost a really good game, but the enemies don't have poise. So if something's coming towards you, if you attack it, it's still going to hit you no matter what, and that's a bummer. Like, that kind of sinks that game a little bit, and it's, it's really good here. It really helps a lot with this.
1: Yeah, my uh, one of my favorites is the axe, actually, and this uh, has continued to be uh, an iconic uh, version of an attack. This arcs above you, so you can kind of uh, clear off platforms and you know uh, certain bosses that fly around. It makes it easier to hit them.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the cross, which the idea is the cross does the same thing as the dagger, but it's slower, but, uh, can it hit twice? And that's a trade-off you should make because the cross is much better, or much better. better. Um, and the stopwatch, which freezes time. And one of the really cool things about Castlevania, I think, is that works on bosses, (laughs) um, for the most part. And that's something that you don't see a lot of times. Like those big status effect, things like that, usually will, you know, bosses will be immune to that. In this game, it's a valid tool. And the way they balance that is, it's expensive. It costs five hearts to, to use
1: yeah they had to take the phoenix down out of the game everything's undead it yeah, just <laughs> just, a, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> a little trivia um they actually there's a dummied out version of the rosary you can get which is a, a screen clearing item was originally an item you could use for five hearts um which at first i was like oh that's really unbalanced but actually that's Wouldn't be too bad. Like, it's just a crowd control thing. Um, But, yeah, they took that out.
1: Yep. And you can upgrade these weapons, too. You find little Roman numeral placards that uh, give you more hits.
0: When I was a kid, I had no idea what those did. Neither did Did I. Did anybody here, like, figure those out as a youth? Like, (laughs) okay. Yeah, I had a really hard time with those. I was just like, why? Like, two is a bigger number than one, but I don't understand (laughs) what it does. Um, Oh. Yeah, so we're going to kind of zip through the stages. And, obviously, we can't go beat by beat, but we're going to get hit. Pertinent Encounters and Bosses for the stage in Castlevania, which is a really short game. Um, The first one is the shortest game in the series, and uh, you can breeze through it. Even with the difficulty, you can play this game front to back in like an afternoon Pretty yep. easily,
1: yeah. So. so, stage one, I love the way Castlevania opens because you have Simon kind of walking up to the gate, which is just unlocked, unmanned, whatever. Um, but you're walking through this kind of like graveyard, and there are no enemies, and it's just a way to get powered up. It's just a way to have a playground to get acclimated to the way you jump, to the way that you, uh, to the way that you attack, um, and just to and the power ups, yeah, and get the power ups that you need,
0: yeah, or and just how to pow- the power ups work. Which yeah. you have candles again, that semiotics wheel that just got turned one. <laughs> One thing to the right. Um, but yeah, and it's also just really atmospheric. Like, I'm going to harp on this, but, like, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as say, like, oh, Castlevania scared me as a kid, because, you know, no. But it, it is <laughs> eerie looking. Like, it is, and then all of it, it uses all of these different senses. So it's this disempowerment, which is, like, a trick they used in Resident Evil later of having these kind of clunky controls making you feel more scared. It's this kind of intentional slow control, the music and the, these kind of color palettes. And then that, uh, you know, pixel art where... Your mind is filling in the blanks for what's here. So I can't, you know, this is a, a low detail model, but anything I imagine, like in my mind, the Medusa's eyes are crying blood because <laughs> it doesn't not look like that. And <laughs> nobody could in. Isn't. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it is, uh, it's, it's spooky.
1: Yeah. Um, and extra spookier, these enemies that you encounter here, um, the zombies, which you never really see that much again, Yeah. Uh, that are just kind of uh, there as target practice because they kind of walk toward you. Um, and then you're introduced to uh, to the, both the stairs and the cats at the same time in yeah. this entrance hall.
0: Yeah, so stairs are, are a tricky a point of contention in Castlevania because um, you can't jump on and off them. You can only mount them from the top or bottom, and you move up them very slowly and can't jump off of them. Um, so it's a, just another movement thing that's a commitment. You know, which is what they want. But they also position enemies to kind of make that considered and make you try to dodge that as yep. well. Um, you got the cats in the notes. I didn't have a problem with cats. Does something oh. happen to you with those cats?
1: <laughs> they just run at you and you can't really do anything. Well, that, that
0: happened to me too. But I just jumped over them. <laughs> so it, wasn't, it wasn't that <laughs> big of a deal. Off the stairs? Uh, no. Like, like a, they're not the... They're not not on the stairs. They're, like, on the platform. So they don't actually get on the stairs. No,
1: it it feels like they're pinning you to the stairs for these things to come at you. Yeah. Yeah, that's...
0: I I, I, I can kind of see it. But they don't show up again either. This game does, you know, kind of unique enemies, which is really cool, too. Like, enemies will show up just for a stage. Yeah.
1: Gary, I didn't get past the cats. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me one whip. Um, It's a whip-based economy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then you get down into the uh, into the sewers with these mermen, who I love how goofy these things look. Yeah. Um, they, uh, uh, <laughs> they're they pretty difficult too, because they just jump out of nowhere, you know, yeah. from below the screen.
0: Yep, just kind of knock you out. Um, there are regular bats um, that will kind of come through as foreshadowing to the dark bat um, <laughs> that we're going to, to fight eventually. And you get to the end, um, to the boss, which is this vampire bat, um, there's no, um, so the, these individual kind of larger stages are separated by doors into smaller stages. But there's no um, strict boss arena um, similar to, like, Mega Man. And, again, a thing that reminds me of Dark Souls is that you have to start recognizing geometry of a boss fight. <laughs> like, um, as you're going to it's like, okay, I see two platforms here. It's symmetrical. Like, this is probably a boss fight. Um, and then you can kind of mentally gird yourself for it. And I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. This is uh, So this is a pretty simple fight. It's a giant bat, and they give you the axe right in front of it, uh, which is intentional because it's a good... Good weapon
1: for that yeah definitely uh, the, the, the pattern uh, works out for that and it doesn't really do that many attacks it just kind of tries to run into you yeah um, and there's also a uh, there's also a power up for your for your axe uh, hidden in a block there so that kind of gets you introduced and gives you a leg up it yeah. really feels like this whole first level, even up to the boss, is incredibly kind. Uh, yeah. Just because it is mostly horizontal, it's not asking you to do an awful lot of demanding platforming. Um, it's really just helping you get your legs under you for what the game is ultimately going to become.
0: And if you guys have ever had a bat in your house, um, that's how <laughs> they
1: attack, as well. Like like <laughs> at
0: a bat, and they, they just kind of come at you eventually.
1: Um, Gary, I think they're just confused and scared. No, well,
0: <laughs> what? that's what they want.
1: I mean, I never, fought <laughs> like, I never fought the bat because I couldn't get past the cats, but I'm pretty they're sure. They're really
0: weak against an axe. Like, I've just got a wood axe <laughs> <laughs> at the <same> time. <laughs> I just, time.
1: I just go full grade outdoors with a net and a tennis racket.
0: There, there was a, a, a bat in my house once, and uh, I called animal control after, you know, to, to get this bat out of my house, and they were like, yeah, there's been a rabies outbreak. The bat may have rabies, but we won't know, and it was for four weeks and then, and, then, like, and then I was like, oh, okay, and I like, do I have anything to worry about? And they're like, well, did you get bit? And I was like, no. And then I went online and looked it up, and they're like, bats can bite you, and you won't even feel it. It happens in your sleep. And I was just like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Internet. Like, that's, I feel good about that. And I had pets. I was like worried about my cats and Aww. stuff. Like, it was just like, oh, man. <laughs> Wait, that bat was in your house for four weeks? No, 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 no. The uh, they took four weeks for the rabies test on the bat. Ah, okay. <laughs> and then they have to cut off the bat's head to do it. Like it's really <laughs> that—that's a true thing. Like they—they they cut off the bat's head to test it for rabies. <laughs> so, like, it was this very like uh, imperial form of revenge. <laughs> like just like take this thing from me. And, you know, uh, I want its head.
1: <laughs> like, can I? Can you mount it? Like, do they make plaques? Oh, small? like a toothpick. Yeah. No. yeah. Or like
0: one of those little swords, the <laughs> cocktail sword. <laughs> yep.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, stage two is where things kind of get real because. Oh, you're, real quick, I'm oh. sorry, I cut
0: you off before that. Um, you're exploring one big place. Oh yeah. There's this map before you between this uh, before you go between stages, and it's great. Like <coughs> you because and the level of geometry matches the map in a way that's not direct, but in a way that you can kind of make sense. So if you look at the map ahead of time, you can kind of prepare yourself. Like oh, there's a lot of verticality in this level, um, and that's really cool. Um, And just like it gives a sense of place to this that doesn't feel like you're just warping between stages.
1: Yeah, it definitely, again, everything like that gravity and that weight. (laughs) 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 We have buttons for like our other show about Dark Souls. We don't need to like diagonally make this that show. You're you're right. Yeah, no, but you're right. Like it does. uh, and, And this is something the series would kind of continue to do. Uh, which is which is pretty cool. And even this game plays with that, like in the transition to the catacomb, which yep. we're going to talk about. Uh, but like you said, you see on the map that you're headed towards this kind of like upward ascent. And this is where the platforming really starts to kick in. Uh, this would be like the red tower in the later games is uh, kind of the, le- the level archetype here uh, for stage two. Um, and this is where they bring in the Medusa heads um, to kind of really mess with you. And everybody is shaking their heads or nodding just with a resignation. <laughs> They're going,
0: no, no, more Medusa heads. Or, yeah, yeah, keep on rocking. Like, Medusa heads. Um, the way – this would be a probably a good time to talk about enemy spawns in this game um, because part of the reason you can have this really intentional platformer is that uh, – Enemies spawn in, depending on which way you're going, um, and I learned this from watching speedruns, um, which I recommend if anybody really likes a game, watch speedrunners because they'll tear it apart in ways that are really interesting. Uh, but enemy spawns are determined by which way you're facing, which way you're moving, whether you're attacking, and the game checks those, those things, and then your, your why. Um, so you can manipulate those things, but what it does is it means that the game at any given moment knows which way you're approaching the situation. So the encounters feel more designed. Like I feel like in a lot of NES games I've played, an enemy, like you'll play a Mega Man and sometimes they're turd enemies, but then sometimes there's just a guy who just like runs, like he literally drops down and just runs towards you. And then if he gets, if you jump over him, he's, he was going somewhere else. Like he's going to the store and <laughs> it was just lucky that you guys didn't bump into each other or like, or a guy will just kind of land and walk back and forth for a little while and be, think about his life. And, uh, but this is, like, everything is even, is being created and positioned in response to where you're at. So you always have to think about it. Like you always have to be intentional about what you're doing. And this is the first level where that's, underlined six times with Magic Marker, like, you know, because of those Medusa heads, which feel cheap, but they're not. Like, they they come, if you are only dealing with Medusa heads, you can avoid them. Like, they're positioned we you, you can almost always avoid them. It just gets really hard when they start mixing them with pits and knights later in the worst hallway in the game. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. yeah, but it definitely uh, makes the game feel like this really intricate and well-built machine. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, especially watching somebody who's really good at it, uh, who can kind of just kind of make these decisions because it's predictable, mm-hmm. not in a memorization kind of way, but just in, I know how this works kind of way.
0: Well, usually it is memorization. Kind oh, of yeah. way. You can memorize this game. Like you can, you know, know where the things are going to be. So, yeah. um... Yeah, there's a couple other things. There's, like, tricks and traps here. There's some of these spike crusher things that come from the ceiling.
1: Oh, you mean, um, like, incense Fortress? Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, some ghost enemies that kind of float towards you, and, and they're the point is they come at you from odd angles, so you need to lean on those sub-weapons and the like. Um, but you kind of make your way through. You get the Bone Towers, which have been in every Castlevania. I love these enemies of just, <laughs> like, uh, they remind me of the movie Labyrinth, because like, they're facing different directions, these two uh, skull heads. And, like, if you're not around, if they talk and, like, you know, have a whole shtick about, <laughs> like, like I'm stuck and I'm looking behind you all the time. <laughs> um, I really like. Yep. But, uh,
1: yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, so there are lots of, uh, you know, we're, we're not hitting the actual way that the levels put together, but they, you know, every screen feels very considered yep. to uh, make the, each individual, indiv- individual jump run and, uh, you know, maneuvering challenge a challenge.
0: Yeah. Um, so no. the boss is the Medusa head, um, which kind of flies around and drops snakes, uh, which I love that, like, is if you're looking at Medusa and you're like, what's the most important thing about Medusa? And you go to snakes rather than petrification. Um, you know, because that was kind of the, the scary thing about Medusa to me. But um, I love it, it bursts from a statue, which, again, you're spotting that boss arena. And then it's just like something's going to happen there. And then it explodes from a statue of itself, which is just super cool. Um And drops these snakes on the floor uh, to make the floor dangerous. But if you, uh, this is a real like holy water, you can just kind of spam holy water and and kill this thing. At least you have the triple hit for sure.
1: Uh, Generously, you don't have to crouch in order to hit these snakes on the ground. I really don't like it when NES games force you to do that. Um, And these snakes will also drop power ups if you need uh, some recharge on your stuff. Like it's, again, they're kind of easing you into this.
0: Yep, not too bad. Um, on a stage three, of The Castle's Roof. Uh, this introduces another... Like, this enemy is full of... Uh, this game is full of enemies that are, like, that damn... Like, Zubats. Like, it's that damn thing. <laughs> there are, like, four enemies that are, like, that thing. Um, so they introduced the second one here, which are the Flea Man, um, formerly known as Hunchbacks, which is a less sensitive name, I guess. Um, if they were real Flea Man, then it, maybe it would be the other way around. Um, and these bone-throwing skeletons, which are my favorite... Uh, <laughs> thing
1: like at all like they're really yeah. goofy like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> like especially uh, when there's a bunch together and there's the red ones who are like the bosses yeah i like, just, yeah, just yeah. and
0: they're just having a party like
1: yeah. like
0: just think of all the marimba in the yeah, soundtrack that's like say, being subsumed by vote.
1: the it's like whiplash but with xylophone yeah like you have, you have skeleton jk simmons just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tipping tables and throwing stuff uh, get better um, <laughs> um, but yeah uh there's also nude statuary in the background, which I feel is a little bit risky. Little yeah. 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 Risky, risque. Either or, either are. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After dark. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you also have these ravens, which uh, uh, dive bomb you very slowly. Um, and they kind of act a little bit like the, uh, the scythes in the Grim Reaper fight yeah. a little bit. Yeah, where they re- will hold still and then just kind of track toward you.
0: Yeah. And pretty much everything that flies in this game is hard to avoid for me, um, these guys included. Uh, Eventually, you get the albatrosses that drop the flea men, which are the worst of two worlds. And that's really (laughs) difficult. Um, There's kind of a, you know, so they're they're starting to remix the enemies at this point. So we have, like, ravens plus a bone tower plus platforming. Like, they're adding these little scenarios that are things you've seen before, but what if we put them together? Um, Which is just, this is a a difficulty spike in the game. Not the primary one that we're going to come up on, but,
1: yeah. 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 Uh, So the boss here, we have two mummies at the same time. And I love the way that this opens up because you walk into the boss arena. Um, and you have these two mummies on either side of you and think, okay, are these going to be background elements? No, they're going to start walking toward you. So your first move is to get out from in between them. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Capper Demon.
0: And it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it is a... I'm not giving you shit because I no, did no, it too. no. No, well, I thought you were, that was the joke. Was that You told me not to do it. <laughs> yeah. it.
0: Um, this is a weird enemy where there's a risk-reward um, where there's a meat in one of the platforms that's useful to the boss fight, and uh, if you get that uh, meat, I think it's this one. It's either this guy or Frankenstein. But there's a meat, and the boss fight is easier if you deny yourself the meat, um, <laughs> which is it's like a sentence, <laughs> like Doctor Strange love, like <laughs> um, thing, like denying yourself the precious meat. Um, but <laughs> if you if you don't fill <laughs> up on health, the boss is easier because you have this added mobility, which is
1: super cool. Yeah, um, these guys will throw their wrappings at you, mm-hmm. um, uh, which
0: like guys down at the park. Like, just oh. like with their, their mixed CDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a lot. <laughs> like, a there. <laughs> um. uh, yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, you have two of these guys to deal with. And this is going to be a bit of a wrinkle, at least, for this mm-hmm. boss in the next one. Yeah.
0: Um, so you think you're on this upward climb, but there's a really cool bit where the next place you fall uh, a great distance into these catacombs. And uh, they, they give you, like, <laughs> you know um uh triangle wave sinking thing <laughs> triangle um, wave slide whistle, you know, yeah, which is super great, and down into the catacombs, yep. um and the enemies here are now tougher just through numbers, like they take more hits, they have more hit points, yeah um which is a big reason uh, one of the big challenge runs for people who want to make this game more challenging is never to upgrade your whip. It makes a big difference because the uh the chain whip does significantly more damage, and this part becomes unreasonable, like the um you know I think that the axe knights that you fight later with the regular whip uh take something like sixteen hits. Or something like that, like something that you wouldn't want to do. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, kind of like the water section of the first level where you have these mermen who are coming up, but they have the added wrinkle of these uh, moving platforms that uh, behave very strangely because you don't retain your, your momentum. So if you're trying to jump over, a, over, over an obstacle or trying to jump off of it, you're going to jump straight up as opposed to like arcing along with it. Uh, so that's going to throw you off if you're not used to the way that works. Um in addition to that you have to kind of duck below these low ceilings as yeah, well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really cool. It's again it's really like um feels kind of cinematic going through this underground river. Um they also put candles on those platforms which you don't want <laughs> uh, if you jump for those, you're gonna probably fall in the pit. So yeah. not worth your time. Um, there are mini bosses in this level. Uh, these drag- bone dragons, which are super cool, um, that you run into. There are these like, snake dragons that kind of you know wave through and turn into uh, lines of money, yeah. um, which I, I really love. Yeah,
1: um, those guys are great. Yeah, uh, but uh, I learned this uh, from from Leland. If you just keep walking, uh, L- L- Leland is the guy who currently holds our record. <laughs> if you just keep walking towards them, you're going to just like go right underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that one that's guarding the door. And so. then
0: the, the eagles I mentioned that drop the flea men, oh, yeah. which are I, really obnoxious. <laughs> like that, that, that's yeah, a really tough enemy, too. So, again, just ramping up that difficulty. Um, you get to the boss here, though, which um, I really love, which is the Frankenstein boss. It's um, <laughs> so hard. Yeah, Frankenstein's monster and Igor, where Frankenstein isn't the threat. It's like he's just got this little toady who runs around who's like a super flea man who yeah. shoots uh, uh, fireballs at you.
1: Yeah, and so I have not been able to discern a pattern with the way that Igor jumps around. It feels like it's entirely at random, and he's just picking a clear space to go to. And he is just harrying you from above while you are trying to take out this Frankenstein's monster, which is walking around on ground level.
0: Yeah, so again, you you can stunlock Igor, which is what you want to do. While you can take, you know, get hits in on Frankenstein, but it's pretty difficult. Um, This is this is a difficult difficulty spike, and then we're just successive difficulty spikes until the end, which is pretty actually pretty easy. Um, Into stage five, the torture chambers.
1: yeah. I don't know why, just the idea of a torture chamber in an, in an NES game. I think that I have this weird, like 1950s, like Id- idyllic version of NES in my head where nothing was unpleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, to see torture.
0: I'm going to pass you chiller.nes. <laughs> <laughs> through, like, yeah, the, the chiller the game or the
1: creepypasta?
0: G- no, what? no, there, there's that chiller game that's like the shooting gallery oh. thing. Oh, chiller! So am I, no, am I, I no talking idea. about something that exists? Right? I didn't dream that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Good. All right, we're getting th- we're yeah. getting
1: thumbs up. It's really gross and bloody. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We're getting yeah. A thumbs up for the monster party. <laughs> and then
0: you can see how creepy it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is Skeleton City, which is my favorite uh, department store like of all time. Um, <laughs> I prefer or, Skeleton City furniture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> this is like she lounges made of spines oh and, yeah it's like yeah. it's just an ossuary yeah um,
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah you have these uh, red skeletons uh, r- running around like clowns um, and uh, these don't stay there so like the are, they do,
0: are they doing old timey racist comedy yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little bit of the joke I was trying okay. to make but I didn't okay. quite land it
1: yeah. um, let's dwell on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I love these guys. They just—they're—they're just, they're, 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 they're the dry bones. They keep coming back. And what's great about this is, uh, you have kind of like these multiple levels within the stage. So you're going to have these uh, skeletons walking around above, throwing these arcing bones that are going to hit you below.
0: Yeah yeah and again they're the th- bones uh, bone throwing skeletons, so I love them um, <laughs> you're introduced to the um, the axe knights, which uh, take a lot of hits like these are the tankiest enemies in the game um, and they kind of throw axes above and below and they're rare you know initially they're introduced alone but uh, we're coming up on what I think is the hardest hallway in the game, yep. which is the approach to death um, which is a hallway where medusas can spawn from both sides again it's dep- determined by that facing and whether you're attacking um, but you fight two of these axe enemies while medusas are coming and uh this is really, really difficult, uh, at least for me. Because at this point, also, we talked about enemies having more hit points, so they do more damage as well. You essentially can get hit four times yep. at this point from here on in, and you want full health for death. Hmm. Um, so this is, this is I don't mean, I don't have anything else to say about it. Like, this is just a really harrowing stretch.
1: Yeah, um, I've got two things. This is a very visually striking room. Mm-hmm. Just because you have this kind of drapery in the background, it feels very regal. Like, with the difficulty in the way this looks, you could be forgiven for thinking that you were going to Dracula himself. Right? Yeah. Um, and also, uh, what's kind of funny is these, act ni- these Axe Knights are kind of mini-bosses in their own right, at least right here. And in later games in the series, they're super nerfed. Like, they're some of the uh, first enemies that you fight, um, mm-hmm. especially in the DS games. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. so you just kind of power through it. Like, it is, it is a really infamous kind of stretch. But you get mm-hmm. to death, which you also just kind of has to. Uh, so this is interesting. I'm looking at the notes I'm learning, too, at the same time. <laughs> Cole thinks this is easier than the ego fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I make the notes. Elaborate. I do. Yeah. Elaborate. So I think uh, the unpredictability of, uh, of Igor's movement is uh, really challenging. Like, I can't deal with it. Whereas with death, he throws out these uh, scythes, right? There are four of them at a time, and they kind of, like, fix in a place, and then wherever you're at, they try to move straight toward you. So I, it made more sense to me to be able to, um, to kind of herd those and get them into a position where I could jump over them and make my hit with the, with the boomerang.
0: Like the, the issue I had with death is if you're in the middle and then they come from the outside, you just mm-hmm. get boxed in. They yeah. start moving in, there's only so much I can do um, to, to get out of the way. So I found death much harder than Igor. Um, this was when I was young, this is as far as I could get. Um, as a kid, I could not get past death in this game. Um, I tried. <laughs> like I had kid patience. No <laughs> avail. Um, the, uh, there's also ways to cheese this fight. If you have you know, fully upgraded Holy Water, you can actually stop death from ever moving. Um, through this, which is uh, the way that you know people who are good, really good at the game on the internet do it. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, took me a thousand tries, and I eventually beat it for the show. But I find this much harder than Igor. Yeah. But I can see what you mean.
1: Yeah. Um, and after this, you're in, you're into the ascent. Like stage six is not very long. There's just kind of like two sections to it. Mm-hmm. You have this um, bridge that has a bunch of gaps out that has some vampire bats. So again, that thing I love where bosses become regular enemies later on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the clock tower, which would become just a standard level in every Castlevania.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they always have you know, flying enemies kind of coming through while you contend with this tricky platforming. This is a basic version of the clock tower. You're not riding on gears. Um, yeah. you know, you're not, and it's just two screens, I want to say. It's, like, it's very short. Um, it's difficult. You have these eagles dropping flea men there. But this is you know, a famous thing. And it's also really known for wonderful music. Um, this whole game has amazing music, which we haven't mentioned yet, but it's one of the best NES soundtracks. Um, even though they get, they still get just better as the series goes on. Uh, Castlevania has amazing music. Just this in. This just in. But um, <laughs> the uh, the clock tower is always one of my favorite themes. And this doesn't have a unique theme,
1: just the clock tower, just for the stage. It's yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah. They didn't know they had something special with the clock tower yeah. at this point.
0: But I love that last... You go, th- go through that and go to that last door and you ascend those stairs. And I really love this, like, just empty, lonely mirroring of the beginning of the game where it's just this stretch of power-ups before you get to this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a real sense of gravitas to it that, again, was rare for the NES. Um, and I really love. Like, this uh, yeah. this Ascent is one of my favorite moments in the game.
1: Yeah. Like, and you go to the lair of the man himself. Uh, you have to uh, fight directly. You've got his coffin open in the background behind him and uh here he comes and he 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 appears to be a statue head with cloaks he
0: spawns from the floor which is a really cool idea if you think of it cinematically like going into the room to fight dracula you find his coffin open but there's Mm -hmm. nobody there
1: yeah
0: like that's really cool like oh he could be like he could be literally anywhere (laughs) you can turn into fog i can (laughs) breathe fog like it's not it's it's i guess this could be anywhere (laughs) like (laughs) Um, so it's super cool like super spooky Um, but yeah he has a couple different phases Um, I love this fight this is my favorite boss fight in the game um, because it feels really fair to me like eventually once I learned it this was the closest like Dark Souls I got to uh, (laughs) like just like learning the pattern and like acing it you know so like the first phase of of Dracula you can get through without getting hit if you figure out you know where I need to be when I need to time my jump when I need to swing to attack and it's like it felt like it gave me like Dark Souls Knight Artorias feelings you know which is really cool
1: yeah, uh, so if you attack just his body, his cloak, who you, you just pass right through him. You have to actually hit his head, but you have to j- do it while you're jumping um, in order to actually reach that. You know, unless you're using some kind of uh, special weapon to do it, and you have to kind of manage those, you know, committing to that action versus trying to avoid his kind of like three way split shot because um, he borrowed the gun from Contra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Konami, they're all they're all buddies. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah um yeah that's that's what the first phase is just learning that um he he does that teleport which you can kind of teleport into you and you move so slowly you can get kind of hit in a cheap way from that, so always stay moving um after you kill that he actually explodes into a demon <laughs> um which is really great um who's actually like a little bit um Like, easier of a fight if you have the holy water, which they give you in the arena. Like, they want you to have this. Um, I don't know, you know, fighting him without it, I don't know what that would be like. Because you essentially just freeze him in place with the holy water. It doesn't hurt him, but it stops him and then hit him in the head as this demon. But this is a great demon. Like, the, there's another <laughs> segment of great demons. This is a good-looking demon, guys. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I, but I love the idea of this guy being easier because you do so much damage to him that he transforms and goes into into beast mode, and he's, like, less calculating about yeah. it. He just jumps around, and he doesn't really attack you at range. Like, he has a fireball, but it mostly shoots downward. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, so, you know, again, pretty easy. But after you beat him, I mean, comparatively. Like, it's not easy compared to, like, you know... The Mauser and Mario 2 or something. It's just <laughs> easy compared to Castlevania. Um, after you get it, the castle collapses and uh, you get this this beautiful credit sequence in the daytime. Day has broken with all those goofs that I mentioned that are <laughs> the height <laughs> of comedy. Um, <laughs> Things were so. so much
1: simpler back then. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the Grass, you're jumped right back into New Game Plus.
0: Yeah, which pumps up the numbers. Yeah. Like, um, I think enemy placements are a little different. I never got very far into New Game Plus in yeah. Castlevania. But, and then, yeah, and that's Castlevania. Like, you've, you know, at that point, you've seen the credits on one of the more infamously hard NES <laughs> games. Super cool. Yeah. Um, what do we? What do you have for wrap up thoughts? Cool.
1: As far as wrap up thoughts, I mean, I love this series. I kind of fell off um, after they went to 3D a little bit. Like I never, you know, did like Lament of Innocence or Curse of Darkness or any of those. I don't think they're but, very good. Uh, <laughs> I've heard kind of okay things, about, okay things about Lament of Innocence, but that might just be in its time. Mm. You know, like the 3D whip uh, kind of thing before yeah. they just declared bankruptcy on that and just had you be. Kratos in the Lords of Shadow uh, you know, leg of the series but I think that like those games being on DS are a really good argument for just owning and always holding on to a DS yeah, like uh, Order of Ecclesia Don of Sorrow. Yeah,
0: those are really yeah. good. Um, and then obviously we're not talking about Symphony of the Night, which those are based on, and Symphony of the Night is one of my favorite games of all time. I think that's yeah. you know that's an amazing game. And it's it doesn't do a lot of the things that this game does that's special. Like, it's so different. You know, it has a lot of the same iconography, but that um, intentionality of spawning and stuff and that kind of commitment to your actions isn't really a thing in Symphony of the Night. You can just kind of tap the button, and not really a thing in the later games. But it doesn't matter. Like, they traded something that was really cool for something else that's really cool, and I like them both, um, you know? uh but yeah this is and as far as we were talking about it yesterday as far as like hits to misses ratio the series is really up there as far as like good games like they're like those 3d games are not very good the nintendo 64 games are not very good some of the portable entries aren't great but they're still like even the worst portable entry is still pretty fun to play like i'll pick up circle of the moon and, and have a good time with it like it's not bad
1: yeah yeah so yeah. super good I love this. I can't wait till you know, two years from now we could do Symphony of the Night.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, we, like, we just did Super Metroid, so we can't you know, can't do it just yet. And that will have to be a double because that game is ridiculously yes. huge. But um, yeah, I, I love it. I was really happy to get the chance to revisit it because, as I mentioned, as a kid, I never beat it. I just got up to death. Um, I was a Castlevania two kid, which is weird, but I loved Castlevania two as a kid, and that's a much easier game. History has not been kind to it, but I really, you know, all that atmosphere and stuff still came through, and that was what I was responding to. As youth, and then when Castlevania three came out, I got really into that because it's like a perfect version of you know the NES Castlevania. So
1: yeah, yeah, no. So I'm super happy to get a chance to play it. We still have the rest of the day. If you guys want to stop by and take another crack um, at playing it, there, uh, stop by, get a button, get a sticker, um, all those kind of things. But uh, this has been a fantastic time watching everybody play this and kind of seeing how everybody reacts to the challenge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I think that, I think that's about it. I think I we're think, about out of time too.
1: I think so. Yeah. So uh, thank you everybody for uh, coming out. Like I said, the buttons and everything. Yeah. Um, and we'll be over at. The and booth. also, just thank you. Yes. I like
0: think bigger, more emphasis on thank you than the buttons. Yes, I know. We don't want to carry these buttons home. We get it. But the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh,
0: but, but the real thing, you know, thank you guys for yeah. showing up. Really appreciate real. it. And uh, yeah, come come by the booth and say hi. probably wondering where all the music was in that episode given that this game has amazing music uh it's gonna show up in the extrasode and the reason being is that our live rhythms don't leave as many breaks uh for music so uh hit up the extrasode for music um your castlevania thoughts and castlevania thoughts from the show floor good night good luck love you step peppas